Hello everyone, welcome to Happens and Streets with Baba and Queen. Beats edition. We have an amazing guest with us today. We have a guest. Yes, we have a guest. A guest. Yeah, so we are joined today by Bitzenda, who is the sporting director for Alpha Romeo Sauber. Yes, you got that right. Okay, let's just get into it. Thanks, Beat, for joining us today. Um, I know you have to run soon, so we are going to try and compress everything. We've had questions from our listeners as well, and we've compiled everything. Um, so I think to start things off, we are going to start with... Um, the usual. Chris- yes, <laughs> christening you and giving you a name. Um, so, Beat, when, what day were you born? I was born on um, 9th of January. 1996, 1966, 1966. Yeah, would be would be a little bit too. No, I'm 9th of January, 1966. Okay, do you know? So which I'm, day? I'm a Capricorn in in our. Um, oh, Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. That miss me by I think a few days. I'm a Sagittarius, so it's a Sunday. Yeah. So 9th of course it's a Sunday. Of course it's a Sunday. Yes, I I knew that. <laughs> okay, oh, Sunday so, is what? Kwesi. Kwesi. Yeah. Ooh, nice. So your Ghanaian name is Kwesi. Kwesi. How do you spell this? That's not bad. K W E S I. S I. Okay. Yes. Kwesi. Yeah. Okay. Kwesi. That's. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we can get right to it. We just want you to do like a brief introduction, your background, let our listeners know the important exactly you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, well, so my name is Beat Sender. Um, it's a typical Beat. It's Beat, actually, in English. It's um, a typical Swiss name. And it's the meaning is the lucky one. So I'm the lucky oh. one. Um, I'm, I'm Swiss. I'm, I'm born and raised here in Switzerland. I'm 57 years old. And um, I'm with Sauber Motorsport for 35 years, so quite long um, in, in, in a motorsport. Now, my, my background is not from motorsport. It was pure coincidence that I ended up with, with Peter Sauber. Um, I was interested in athletics, uh, mainly track, so 100 meter, 200 meter sprint, high jump, long jump. Um, I was, I was an extreme um, bicycle rider, I was an, a fan, fanatic skier, but I never had anything in common with, with motorsport. And really coincidentally, I met or I applied for a job um, with Peter Sauber and this was, this was in 1987, so quite a while. And at the time, Sauber was a very, very small company. We had, I was the employee number eight, Wow. Um, who was employed at the time to, to, to be able to do racing, to do races. Peter Sauber always brought like old mechanics, mechanics who used to work for him to races and just to be able to change tires and stuff like this. So very small company. Um, and from basically from day one onwards, when I started working, um, the racing virus catched me. Although it's not, it's not only it's not only racing. It's, it's, it's very infectious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not only racing. It's for me. It's mainly teamwork. Um, 
as a, as a small company, we've been, you had to work team and, and we still have to work as a team. If you want to be successful, team is everything. And whether you, whether you like the guy you work with or you don't like him, in the end, it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's nice to have a good environment, but in the end, um, the goal is to have, in our case, a car going around this in circle as quick as possible. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Peter Salva. We really want to know how it was working with him. And, you know, he's a very resilient person because we know when the BMW, um, you know, deal fell through, he came back, went through some tough times trying to, you know, salvage the team. So how is he like to work with? Not always easy. No, <laughs> no. Um, I know I know Peter for, for 35 years um, since he hired me. And... And uh, we've been, uh, Peter Sauber is, is Swiss, as Swiss as you can be. So every, everything has to be clean. And the funny thing is that clean in, the, the word clean in English means sauber in German. So, oh. yeah, so if something is clean, it is sauber. Um, and Peter was extreme in, in many respects, but on the other hand, he really taught us um, what it needs, precision, um, punctuality, um, going the extra mile. So he was he was leading in person um, how a team should work and a team should act. And, and he was a good role model. And, and he, he taught me a lot. And I consider him as my second father. So he, taught, he taught me really a lot. And I still have a very good relationship with him. And now about resilience. For Peter, he was always... He's a little bit like me. He was not, not necessarily about... Um, racing and the cars it's more about the team and when BMW left basically overnight in 2009 Peter Sabo was retired um, of course because BMW took over so we had a new team principal Mario Tyson and and in 2009 mid 2009 when BMW left it was clear for Peter that he will put any every effort um, in getting the team back and not because he was a fanatic racer, it's because it was his team. It's him, his people. Mm. And we had a very tough time because then we had to let go about 150 people just, just to survive. And this was the toughest time for me, but also for Peter, because um, for him, employees, people are, are the core um, to have a good team working. And, and this, is, this is his resilience. So it's more about having a well-functioned company. And, and meanwhile, we're a small company with 550 employees. And it's not all about racing. We have a lot of, of other jobs we were doing. Um, but for people, it was all about the people. And so that, therefore, um, he put all effort to get the team back in 2010, which was absolutely not easy. And we had a huge fight with the FIA because the FIA wouldn't give us a license um, end of 2009. So we had a, a period of two, three months where we did not know whether we were actually allowed to race in 2010. And this was very tough because Peter, uh, he had to secure the matches of, of by then 250 people. Um, very tough, but he's, he's um, anyway, people are first at him and he's a very, very cool guy still. Um, he yeah. just turned 79 two weeks ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of experienced people. Queen, how would yeah. I? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> and just in the vein of speaking about leadership, can you talk to us about how it is working with Fred Vasseur? Um, Our guy. <laughs> we are really huge fans of Fred. 
Um, so it will be nice to hear about working with him and the kind of relationship you've built with him as well. Uh, Fred, Fred is one of the most experienced person as well. You can find in motorsport, probably not in F1, but what he's done before F1, he's got his own racing team, ART, um, which is which is um, present in F3, in F2, in Formula Renault Original. Um, he was present in Le Mans, in DTM. So he's got a vast experience um, of, of the business. Um, he's got a company building the Formula E cars. It's basically his company who is, who is doing the Formula E cars. Um, so a, a huge experience. He's, a, he's a, a very clever guy and politically and very well connected because these days is a lot about politics and making the right moves. Yeah. Um, and, and I had a very good relationship. I have a very good relationship and had a very good relationship from the first moment I met him. Funny enough, although he was so long in Formula 3 and Formula, Formula 3000 before, um, we never met before, before he um, joined Sauber. We never met in person. Obviously, I knew who he, who he was. Um, no, is is we have a very good relationship and and it's really good. The only downside is probably his language. He's <laughs> he's, he's more he's more French. And yeah. All, all, we 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 should understand and talk French because we is one of our official languages. Well, you should um, let him know that I speak French. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's no no. This this is a joke because um, I was never I was never good in 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 speaking French, that's why it's not really my favorite <laughs> language. No, no, but we have, a, we have a fantastic relationship and he's, he's, um, he's, he's doing the right moves and, and as well, you know, getting the right drivers at the right time. Yeah. Um, you did mention that you like extreme cycling and we know Bottas really loves cycling as well. Yeah. Have you cycled with him? Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And, 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 you know, I did extreme cycling like 20, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, okay. and I'm quite a bit older than Bottas. <laughs> my, muscles, my muscles wouldn't do it. And you know that um, Tiffany Bottas' girlfriend, she's a yeah. professional. We cyclist. do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and speaking of drivers, we, you've, I mean, you've had the opportunity to work with so many of them. Um, I wouldn't ask you to pick favorites, but, you know, <laughs> you can tell us a bit about um, the people you, some of the races you've worked with, some in pure pace, some as how well-rounded they are as drivers, for example. And, you know, Shao, of course, must be mentioned because <laughs> we are huge Shao fans as well. <laughs> so, um, yes, I've worked with, with I think, 33 drivers oh. who drove in F1 for us and, and uncountable drivers we had um, for tests and free practice sessions. In total, probably over 50. And, and uh, we, had some, we had some very... Special drivers, drivers where you knew from, from like from the first moment, from the first contact, from the first eye contact, that they're special. And and, and one of those is of course Michael Schumacher, because Michael Michael not in Formula One, but Michael drove um, for Sauber in, in sports car prototype um, at the time it they called Group C. And so <laughs> we've, we've been in Le Mans, we've we've been um, participating in the 24 hours in Le Mans, and we won it um, in '89. So Michael was, was very special because Michael, Michael just lived motorsport. So for him, you couldn't, you couldn't talk to him about anything else than, than race cars. And it was when Michael went back to the hotel 
and at the time he was 20 years old, he was, um, how can I get the corner better? And so he was, he was very special. Then, um, of course, Kimi, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen, um, probably one of the quickest, <laughs> probably one of the quickest drivers. He, he had his very first um, race with us. Um, he did his first season with, with Sauber. He finished his very first race in the points at the time where points were only be awarded to the top six drivers and not to the top 10. And he finished sixth. Um, so Kimi was very special. He should be three-time world champion. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the, the car he was driving um, after Sauber um, letting, was letting him down um, in two seasons quite badly, um, technically. Um, then we had... The next one was Robert Kubica. Yes. Um, Robert, pure determination for the sport, did everything. If you know his history, when when he left his his um, family home in Poland to go to Italy, I think he was 13 years old, and so everything is was racing with Robert. Um, Sepp, also a good friend. Sepp did his very first race with us, four-time world champion. Um, very talented, um, very intelligent, very intelligent driver. The professor or the inspector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not always easy. Sometimes a little bit complicated. No, but I, I love I love him. I still have a very good relationship with with him. Um, then I have to have to take care of not missing people. No, and then obviously obviously Charles. Um, for me, for me the most complete driver I ever worked with, the most complete rookie I've, I've worked with. He came, um, he was a little bit older than 20, I think. Um, he was, he's talented. Um, he is determined like, like almost no one else. He's sitting, um, studying data, trying to improve himself, um, to improve the car. He's the driver with the highest level of, of self-criticism. Which is very unrare, um, <laughs> no, very, very, not unrare, very rare in Formula yeah. One. Normally, quite a few drivers um, they would blame the car if they're not good enough. And, and Charles, um, um, when he made mistakes, he's very open and said, "I, I, I did, it, I did it wrong. I didn't have it together." So very honest guy, driver, and for me, the most complete, and definitely a future world champion. Yes, we, we agree. agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things we also wanted to talk about, um, you mentioned Kubica as um, the accidents that you might have had the chance to see, unfortunately. So yeah. um, Kubica and um, Joga News as well. Um, can you talk to us a bit about what the feeling was like for you as a sporting director and also for the team in general, and what kind of things you see when an accident is happening or has um, happened? It's, yeah, it's it's uh, Montreal 2007 was um, was a shock. Um, of course, we didn't had any casualties since since Ayrton Senna on the track since 1994, and you do not expect. We don't expect the driver to get hurt. Badly hurt, actually, in these days. But 2007, the cars were not on the same level as they are now. Now we have the halo. Now we have Cylon panels on the side of the chassis, so intrusion panels. The the um, crash tests we have to fulfill are are much um, stricter. Um, 
so anyway, you you see an accident like this, and it was live. So we we didn't have we didn't saw it in slow motion. We we've seen it live mm-hmm. as it happened, and it was a huge shocker. And and for me, it was almost clear that that the driver Robert is badly hurt, um, if not if not worse. So I, I was I was really um, had had doubts that he's still alive. I was in radio contact with race control. Um, I have a direct line. At the time, it was the late Charlie Whiting. And like every 10 or 15 seconds, I went to the button and said, Charlie, please give me a feedback mm-hmm. how how Robert is. And at one point, he said, Beat, shut up. So <laughs> I, I will, Beat, Beat, let me do my job. Let me get mm-hmm. the, the chief medical to Robert. Let, let him assess the situation. And I promise you, as soon as I hear from, from them, I will get back to you. And then like 30 seconds or a minute later, Charlie Whiting came back and said, listen, he's unhurt. <laughs> he's, he's, he's talking, he's conscious. He lost, he lost consciousness for, for a couple of seconds, but actually he's conscious. Um, and the only thing is he's got a bruiser on his ankle. And I, I wouldn't believe it. I did not believe Charlie. I, I thought he's making up a story to, to cover any bad any bad news but but then when we've seen that Robert when he was um, on the stretcher put into the ambulance that he was waving mm-hmm. it's, it, it was it was a miracle basically it was a miracle um, because if you there are some pictures in in the internet and one is where you see the car in exploding in hundred thousand pieces um, quite impressive Joe this year not 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 slightly concerned from my side um, I mean, yes, a little bit, but the cars these days are so safe. You never can build a Formula One car uh, to 100% safety. It's impossible. But we have a safety level, which we're still working on improvement. Um, we have a safety level, which is extremely good. And when I've seen him upside down sliding over, over the over the gravel um i wasn't concerned at all really no concerns but only because we didn't see the last part of the accident we didn't see we only saw in the replay what happened at the end that he was like like flying through the air and and into the fences um if i would have seen that live at the beginning i was i would have been a little bit more concerned yeah and the good and the good news today and the system in f1 is that if they show you replay you know the driver is unhurt so whenever yeah. a, a, an accident is happening, we don't show replays until we know the driver is well. So when they showed the replays, how he was <laughs> flying, then I thought, oh, it was it was a little bit a little bit tougher than I than initially thought. But here again, I mean, not not a single bruiser, not nothing. Joe walked okay. away with with nothing. I mean, we've spoken about how cars are built now. And I know, as he said, he started off as a mechanic. So what um, era of cars do you think was really like at the, at the peak or even the engine eras as well? Like talk us through your favorites or the ones you prefer. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like um, uh, old timers. So, <laughs> so for me, for me, the product I'm working with is the best, basically. No, um, if I look back, it would have been probably the, our 2008 car. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, we had free, quite a free regulation. We had, we had, um, if you try to find the picture of the F108, um, we had winglets everywhere. We had little horns on the chassis, and and probably also the best engine, the, the engine, the V8 engine we had. 
from I think it was 2002 till 2013. Um, very powerful engine, um, solid engine, um, reliable, um, good noise. But then, <laughs> if it is about the noise, then probably a V10 or a V12 Formula yeah. engine, which which is extreme in 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 the high frequency and and the noise level because it's it's um, the noise level is higher than a military fighter, <laughs> jet, a fighter jet to start. Yeah. So, so probably 2008 and V8. I have to have to be said that the current engines they're a masterpiece of engineering, beautiful, yeah. very complicated, but the most efficient um, engines probably you can get with a 1.6 liter engine um, and we generate a thousand horsepower together with the electric unit. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of how you started off as a mechanic, like you are obviously a sporting director now. So can you tell us how you, you know, progress? It could be inspirational to other people who are starting from the bottom like us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the end, it's all the same. If you, if you want to, you have to be, you have to be good in what you're doing and you have to go the extra mile. So when I, I started as a mechanic, and working, working um, with Peter Sauber in sports car. And at the time it was the mechanics, they built all the cars themselves basically because you didn't have carbon fiber chassis. It was aluminum tubes. And we did, we did the whole cars we, we were, were basically manufactured by, by the mechanics, by the mechanics who worked with Peter Sauber. So very tough time the first year because we had to build three new Group C cars and Group C cars, you know, they had, they had spots and they had wipers and, and flashers and so um, a little bit more work than, than to build an F1 car. So we did basically everything on our own and, and we worked day and night. Then I was, um, I didn't do a too bad job probably, so I was promoted to number one mechanic in 89, so responsible for a single car. Um, you've got the, the, the responsible mechanic for the car, and then you've got your the crew around you. And then in '91, Mercedes has withdrawn from international motorsport, and we didn't know whether we're gonna when and what we're gonna do. And so we had a year without racing, a break here in '92. And in '92, when when the decision was taken that we're going to Formula One, I was responsible for for the whole infrastructure because the infrastructure on the on the Formula One side looked a little bit different than what we did in, in sports car prototype in terms of um, air freight, in terms of tooling equipment, in terms of the backdrops. Um, and then 93, our first year in Formula One, I was promoted to chief mechanic. I was chief mechanic 93 and 94. In the middle of the 94, I was promoted to team manager. So I was, um, because Peter Sauber sacked um, the team <laughs> manager we had, and then he came to me and said, now, from now on, you're team manager. And I said, no way, no way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I, I've, never, I've never booked a flight or a hotel room for my own. So why should I all of a sudden be responsible to do it for, for a whole team? Um, anyway, after certain um, discussions and negotiations, um, I did it. And it was quite a tough year, 94, because during the day I was... I was a mechanic, the chief mechanic, so I was in the workshop during the day. And then I went up in the office to organize the team uh, logistically, um, basically during the night. 
And since 1994, I'm, I'm team manager or sporting director. Uh, sporting director since 2019 because I'm a member of the, the board of directors in the company. That's why it's an, it's an age change. <laughs> job hasn't changed. Job hasn't changed a lot. Um, no, and, and with 29 years in that in that role for sure. Wow. Um, the most experienced in in not only in the Formula One in the world because <laughs> because there is no other like no, no one who has done no one who is who's been 29 years um, yeah. team manager in Formula One. Yeah, this is your 30th season, if I'm right, with in in the team. Wow, yes, 30, 30, 30th season, not the third with the team, the 35th season, Ooh. but in Formula One is the 30th. And I've done, I've done now as with, with Mexico, Mexico was my 545th Grand Prix. Wow. wow. <laughs> and um, I know initially up to a certain point you hadn't missed any races. Is that still the case? I have, I have never missed a race. I've, I've missed one. <laughs> I, missed, I missed one um, free, free, free practice, practice, one session yeah. because my father was ill. Uh, luckily, he's, he's, um, this was 2008. Um, my mother called and said, listen, your father is not well. And so I, I rushed back from Monza, which is very close to Switzerland, very close mm -hmm. to our home. It's only 240 kilometers. So I drove back and then I missed um, Friday morning session. But this was the only session I ever missed. And wow. I've, done, I've, done all, I've done all the other races, and including all sessions. And on top of the 545 Formula One races, I did um, 36 Group C races. And in Group C is a sports car with Sauber Mercedes. Yeah. So twice Amazing. we've been world, world champion. I think you should be awarded Mr. Consistency. He's the real, <laughs> yeah, the Mr. real consistency. Mr. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And considering how long you've been in the sports, when you talk about like growth, what areas in your opinion do you think um, F1 can concentrate on in terms of growth and improvement? I think a, a big step has been done um, by Liberty Media, so that the owner of the Bernie Ecclestone, um, to be more active on social media, on all social media channels. Yeah. And this is this is a fact, whether you like it or you're not. Social is it's if you're not present on social media, you're not present at all. Yeah. Especially as, as a sports team, as as a leading technology technology company as we are. Um, so social media played played a big role. And I think this is where um, we still can grow, but we have to be careful what content um, we're producing. And, um, and social media is, is, is a dangerous place as well. And we have been overwhelmed recently, or not, not us personally, but some um, people involved in the sport have been overwhelmed with, um, with haters and negative comments in the past. And this is not Formula One-like. This is, this is, we're not... With all due respect, we're not a soccer team. We have fans. <laughs> which are, we have fans which are fair. We are not fight, fighting, and it's completely um, on the wrong place. If if you if you have hatred or if you receive hatred comment, so we can do more um, on social media and especially to include young audiences, young young women yes. like, like you. <laughs> um, there is a huge potential to bring um, the sport closer to. To younger people and to female people in all in all continents, and and for sure the key to be more popular in in the African continent is to have a race in in, in Africa. Yeah, and so we agree. 
Yeah. And and so we we can we can do a lot, and we have to. At the same time, we have to look that we're not getting you know too. How, how do you say too cheap information mm-hmm. out there? Um, we still we're a high valued sport, and we have to sell us as such. Um, but but there for sure at the, at the moment growth is is um, growth is endless. I mean yeah. every every race basically is sold out. Um, every race is planning new grandstands for for the events for next year. Mexico, I, I think Mexico is already sold out for next year. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's massive and and the popularity for sure with Drive to Survive and Netflix, yeah. but also with with social media and then you have you have a couple of very handsome Formula One drivers and a, a couple and, just <laughs> and young young female fans and audiences they they love it and they follow. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's good and, and I'm very proud. I'm very proud that we made we made the change. Yeah. Um, Bernie was a little bit too old-fashioned. Um, he, he didn't understand social media. It took a long time for me to understand social media. Um, <laughs> but you no, seem but, to be understanding it very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, very good at it. <laughs> um, so, so it's um, growth is endless at the moment, and with, and, and the other the other key obviously is to provide a good product to provide good sport. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this year it was a little bit um, too easy for one driver for Max to win the championship. <laughs> um, I hope that next year will be better and we did yeah. everything with the aim of the cost cap of the budget cap um, the aim of a much stricter technical regulation is for sure to bring the field closer together but we all knew that it's not gonna it's not gonna like happen from one day to the other and that yeah. the bigger teams always have um, an advantage when it comes to new regulation but we we're certain we're all certain that the impact the positive impact will be seen in 2024 when the field will be closer together and and racing even more exciting than it is now. Yeah, I mean, I'm conscious that we are running out of time, and we do have so many. I, I give you, I give you, uh, sorry, I give you another seven minutes. It's 45. Oh. I have to be there, and if it's literally now, a wind tunnel is next door. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. So let's ask the <laughs> go-to question. Yes. So <laughs> uh, we had a question come in, and someone was asking, "How exactly did you find Goto, the um, the little boy that gave?" Is it 19 euros? Yeah, he saved. He saved 19 euros for for the team. And you you guys had to find him. Yeah, it how, took two years. <laughs> how how did you do you know exactly how you guys were able to find him? Did he just it show was, up? It was uh, you talk you're talking about Goto, our yes. Japanese, our Japanese friend. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was Goto was in 2019. He was he was there and gave gave us a present with with the saving with his old saving to yeah. to make the car better and and actually initially we didn't we didn't quite realize um, what it was all about him and we realized we, we couldn't find him mm-hmm. and then with with the help of of um, Japanese media um, ah. and because we had a picture we had the help of Japanese media sports media we we tried to locate him and actually we did really find him and he was our guest yeah. in Japan this year yeah which we is, saw that it was so touching I, I cried which, I can't lie <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's a great story and and he and he was almost every every day he was in tears because he liked them oh. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that now all your audiences has to send this man <laughs> $19 it's, 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 a, it's a one it's a one off <laughs> And, yeah. and he was a child, and, and he was so sweet to 
to spend all his pocket money for us to improve the car. It was it was oh. something very special. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to compress all the questions into one. So um, one final question is, what are your expectations, first of all, for the next season for Alfa Romeo Salba? And also, what are you looking forward to in terms of your deal with Audi in 2026? Oh, next next year is clear. You always wanted to be better than, than the previous yeah. season. So currently we're still sixth. It's a very tight battle with, with Aston Martin. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous looking ahead of, of Sao Paulo because normally in Brazil you have um, downpours, you have un, unpredictable weather and there you can swing either way. We had in 2019 with Kimi and Antonio, we scored 22 points. Um, we've been we've been fourth and fifth, mm-hmm. fifth and sixth, no fourth and fifth, um, <laughs> and and so you you can you can and with unpredictable weather it, you can be unlucky. I know it's not something like luck and unlock, but you really can be unlucky that, um, for example, you need to change your your tires and then and then the next lap it starts raining something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. A very, very tight battle, but I'm confident that we're good enough to keep P6 this year. And then the target for next year is, is a, a, at least a position better. It must be, it must be always better. At least. At least. Um, <laughs> again, again, I think the impact of, of the regulation and the, and the financial um, is financial budget cap is only in, in 2024, 20, probably 25. Um, with Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo is not... Um, we're ending our relationship with Alfa Romeo at the end of 2023, but um, probably just to explain, Alfa Romeo is the, is the sponsor, is the title sponsor. Mm. They're not involved in, in the operations or the management of the Formula One team. So basically they're paying money to, to show their, their brands, their logos on our cars. We have a very close relationship. We're, we're um, um, I don't know whether we can say, yeah, we're designing a road car, a special road car with Alfa Romeo together. Um, a, a hyper, a hyper special road car with a limited edition of 33. So we're doing it together. So we have a good relationship, but they're not involved in the daily business. And for for Audi, Audi will join in 26. And the focus at the moment is clearly to um, concentrate on next year and to improve, um, and then to prepare for for the season 26. But at the moment, there is not a lot we can do. Mm-hmm. So we know that Audi is the engine will be the engine supplier. The car will still be built in in Hinville. Um, but unfortunately, we can only have a car and the new engine together in 2026. And, <laughs> and this is yeah. this is banned. This is banned by regulation. So we cannot take an old Formula One car and put an Audi engine and go testing. This is mm. this is banned by regulation. Okay. So at, at the moment, the full focus is definitely for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Um, to do a better job than, than we've done this year. And then in during 25, we're getting prepared for, for the Audi period, the Audi area. Very proud to be to be again a <laughs> partner of a German car manufacturer. Ooh. Um, Queen, yeah. is it time? Yes, it's time. <laughs> so we, we run out of time, but we have one more thing we have to do. And that is to get you to speak Chi, which is a Ghanaian language. And you've promised to get us to speak Swiss German as well. <laughs> <laughs> we are nervous about, but well, we'll, we'll learn, we'll learn. So 
We are going to get you to say one simple phrase. It means listen to happens and streets in Chi. And it is muntie happens and streets. So the word is muntie and then there's happens and streets. What's the muntie? Happens and streets. Can you take that again? Happens. You don't have a, a, a Ghana word for happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. No, do we? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Muntje Herpins and Streets. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. Are you sure you didn't practice? <laughs> Muntje Herpins and Streets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You can tell us. So, and now, 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 I don't, I don't ask you to repeat, but probably just to end from my side. Also, mich hat sehr gefreut, so mit, mit zwei jungen, sehr interessierten Formel 1-Fans ähm, können einen Chat machen und einen Postcast ähm, zu vollenden. Und ich hoffe, dass wir Formel 1 können ähm, ausentragen, ausentragen auf Afrika und vor allem zu jungen Leuten wie ihr zwei. <lacht> Please share me. Try, try to find a translation for okay. No, okay. I was... Okay, give, give us one word. Give us one word, like... Hello, Solid Summer. Solid Summer. Solid Summer. Yeah, this is, this is a hello, 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 everyone. Solid Summer. <laughs> so, but, but this is, this is, um, and I have to go, but, but funny enough, um, Sally, that means hello. It's, it's like okay. in French, it's salut. Ah, we, right. no, I mean, yeah, salut. Yeah, salut, yeah, and in, in Swiss German, it's Sally. And meanwhile, okay. um, a lot in the paddock. I know, you know, we're, we've been Formula One for 30 years. A lot of people in the paddock, English, Italian, French, whatever. When you come into the paddock in the morning, everyone says, Sally, Sally, oh! Sally. So they, they, they you won, you won. <laughs> exactly, they've taken over it. Um, yeah. Ladies, it was a pleasure. Bye, bye. bye. Thank, thank you very you. much. Bye, bye bye. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Yes, we had a lot of fun with that. And now we have to Google some Swiss German <laughs> phrases because obviously we we're didn't lost. understand anything. <laughs> yes, anyway, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell, tell another, another friend, friend that Happiness and Streets is here to stay. Bye. Peace. Ciao. Sally. Sally. <laughs> <laughs>